Hello, listeners. It's the podcast. Hello, listeners of the podcast. This is the complete guide to Termina. This is the complete guide to Termina. That's Ryan. I'm Zach. We're here to talk That's about. That's Ryan. I'm Zach. That's. Wait. What? And we're here to talk about. We're doing the east side of Clock Town. Yeah, this right? is. Yeah, this is the. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in Clocktown. It's a very dense location. Indeed. In and fact, is... the first thing in my notes is that we need to go back to West Clocktown for some stuff we missed. Did we miss stuff in West Clocktown? Oh no. Um, we didn't talk about <laughs> in in Majora's Mask. Uh, sorry, in the uh, 3D version. I okay. don't think so much in the Nintendo 64 version. There are signs posted there are bills and ads pasted up all over the walls oh are there there unique ones there i don't know if they're unique there but like we don't want to mention before we don't want to like act like they're only in one part of town because they're everywhere uh the other thing in west clock town is the emblem over the west gate that means like west or ocean apparently is over the doors of all the businesses in West Clocktown as like the emblem of here you like we belong to the West Clocktown Mercantile Association or something. It's also on a couple of bags that are hanging from the awning. I think these are all details added in the 3D remake. Sure. Also, um, when you look in No Clip, there's this balcony where someone's growing a bunch of flowers. Man. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about, because I was looking at some stuff in East Clocktown that's, like, had me in a similar way of, um, like, it's it's interesting how, you know, this is a video game, it's very functional, like, they, they built a town, mm-hmm. and there's only so many places in the town that you link the character are going to go, but there's this implied bigger town that has other places we don't see, which is really yes. Annoying. There, there definitely is supposed to be a larger population than we've seen. I think they do kind of a halfway good job of that because there are details like this balcony for some residents that you never know anything about. Uh, but there are other ways in which they, I think, fail to make the town seem bigger, and we might get into that into this episode. That's about. East Clock Town. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'll be interested to hear that because I think it generally does a pretty good job. And I think the ways that you would do better would diminish this specific game. Let's wait and see. Okay. Because I'm going to drop a bomb on you, Zach. The East Clock Town seems to be the touristy part of town. Um, Like the actual festival would appear to, if it were happening, would be going on here. Uh, unlike West Clocktown, which is all business, East Clocktown is like, we have many games, we have a hotel, we have a bar. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. What Talking about the exterior, uh, there is a 100 rupee chest that's kind oh. of hard to get to. It's it's not. I disagree that it's hard to get to. Cause I it's got kind this of, it's not trivial. Of, I got this at the start of like every single run. <laughs> uh, but... Can, okay, but can you get there as Child Link? You absolutely can. It's great. You just have to approach it. For So uh, let me paint okay. a picture for the listeners. There's above one of the mini game shops, there's like a path that on the roof that goes around to where this chest is at. But to get to it, you have to leap 
over a bunch of like facades in front of other uh mini game shops yeah and you can totally do it just as normal kid link well i always remember having to switch to zora link or put on the bunny hood to make some of the jumps you can use my immortal technique and roll off an edge oh which gives you that gives you that extra jump distance okay that lets you make it all right um that chest is important for grinding because once you know how to get there it's really easy to get at the beginning of every cycle it's just right there it's the fastest hundred rupees you can get in the game the decorations in east clock town kind of favor a brown and orange color scheme uh that matches up with ikana canyon to the east Uh, especially like just around the gate there is this checkerboard motif in earth tones that matches like the very general um uh aesthetic of ikana canyon which kind of sort of has a checkerboard motif associated with it uh i don't think it's the strongest association but i think it's there like they they were looking at each region when they decided what to put in that corresponding region of clock town yeah and interestingly huh there's a little weird jag on the south side of clock town that's the laundry pool which if you are really stretching you could correspond with the um milk zone what do they call it milk the road milk, the milk zone yeah oh, the yeah. milk road <laughs> um as like a a little extra thing but i don't know if that holds any water um, or milk anything else to say about the outside of east clock town just the general yeah there's one thing i should bring up again uh that's that between the two versions of the game, they elongated a section of East Clocktown. Oh, okay. This, so this is where, in Majora's Mask 3D, they extended the little, like, seating area behind the clock tower itself. Yeah. To allow room t- for, like, well, they put the, uh, what do you call it? They put the bank there. Uh, they moved the the owl, owl statue. statue to like a more convenient location. They made it like more of like a zone, like a little hangout spot. Yeah. As before, where in the sixty four version it was a hallway. So to accommodate that increased area, they extended the north like courtyard, the corresponding amount. Okay. And um, did they add any actual stuff to that area, or is it just bigger? It's just bigger. Um, you do get more wall space for them to fill with a whole bunch of advertisements. Yes, in yes. the 3DS version, which is nice. So that just turns into like a like a common area where people post bills, which is cool. The other thing I wanted to say about those ads that they put up is that um, most of them refer to other things in the game in some way. Most of them are ads for mini games that oh, really? you can play. Yeah. Um, and so there is one that's easy to recognize as like the honey and darling couple. Um, so like go here and uh, do play our games with us. There's also ads for 
the ghost fighting mini game in Ikania Canyon. Oh wow! Yeah, um, which when I saw that, I thought, "What does that even mean?" The the Poe collector in Ikana Valley is drawing up ads and then sending, I assume, a little boy into Clocktown to, you know, glue them up so that people will come to Akane Canyon and play his game. Weird. Um, it is wild. So, like, they put a lot of care into the, like, someone was having a lot of fun making yeah. these ads. Yeah, it's very good. Let's talk about, let's go from the south to the north, okay? That makes sense. What would you say is the southernmost um, establishment in East Clocktown? It's the the shooting gallery. Okay, good. good. I would We're I would say it's, I would say it's the shooting gallery, but I'm not getting out a measuring stick or anything. Uh, in this shooting gallery is about uh, shooting red octorox, not blue octorox, right? Yeah, this one's the boring uh, one in the game. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I got excited. When I was, like, preparing, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, the shooting gallery, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, I'm thinking of the other one. The other one's way cooler than this one. Uh, and this, it kind of corresponds to the rupee shooting gallery in Ocarina of Time, right? Yeah, yeah. It's basically the same thing. I think this one is easier, probably well, because they're not moving. Uh, the trick to the shooting gallery stuff in the 3DS version of the game that I just played is you've got gyro controls. yeah. Which are good. For this kind of thing, they are good. They're very good for, for exactly this sort of thing. And so a, you know, the the couple aiming challenges in this game that on the 64 version were, you know, you had to work at them are mm -hmm. way easier by comparison. Yes. This guy, like you, when the shooting gallery wants to get... Uh, a bigger quiver and if you get a perfect score you get a piece of heart is that right yeah that sounds right and if you get a perfect score yeah. the first time you get the quiver then you have to do it again to get the piece of heart well you gotta which, pay him the price for each prize he's not gonna give you two prizes for one prize if i, I ran this shooting gallery i get it i'd be more charitable i probably would go out of business exactly that's good because I don't want to run a shooting gallery. I worked it's in an arcade never been one time. A dream of mine. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never heard of this. I, 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 in the distant past of, I was still in high school. Yeah, uh, I worked in an establishment that had an arcade, and it was mostly fine. I don't know. I don't have any exciting stories. Oh, I doubt that. I did give out a lot of prizes because. He's just saying he doesn't have exciting stories because he doesn't want to share them. We rate. had a Guitar Freaks machine. That was very exciting. <laughs> um, when you say an establishment that had an arcade, do you mean like a movie theater or a Chuck E. Cheese or what? Uh, it was a very small amusement park. Oh, okay. Not one of, oh. the, not one of the good ones. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Did, Didn't did work, Zach at, one work at Knott's Berry Farm? No, smaller than that. Okay. You've never heard of this establishment. Don't worry about it. All right, all right, all right. So, <laughs> um, is there anything else to say about this shooting gallery? No, I need it's to... It's fine. 
the the one thing that came to mind is i can't remember i think this guy is the same guy as the shooting gallery in ocarina of time i think that's this is this guy and the that guy are the same guy yeah and then yeah. i think that the other when we get to the other shooting gallery we got to identify who that guy is but we'll wait till okay. we find that other shooting gallery first all right um i will say that this being an underwhelming shooting gallery makes it a good lead up to that shooting gallery yeah yeah the next mini game on the list is the treasure chest shop this is the a funniest thing building that is shaped like a big treasure chest which is awesome um inside it's really dark and almost like smoky the lighting is very moody uh, I don't know if I'm remembering that specifically from the 3DS version. I think the well, the everything 64 is, version doesn't do it quite as hard. Everything is foggy in the Nintendo 64 version. It's on the 64. <laughs> and the game is you're going to go across this checkerboard to get the treasure chest, but it is actually an invisible maze. And uh, the... Squares of the treasure chest, or sorry, squares of the chessboard will jump up in front of you, uh, and you have to figure out a way around them. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's a good. This shows up in other video games. This is yeah. a, a standby. It's also cool that each form of Link gets his own maze and his own prize. This is the funniest and, part. Um, like some of them are definitely easier than others, right? Like Deku Link gets a a maze for babies. There's yeah, I think you're right. I think Deku Link gets like an easy, slightly easier one. But like you know, it's it's not a big difference. It's not that big of a maze to begin with. No. Although I, I what I mean is the one for the piece of heart feels like it's like considerably harder. Maybe to me. Um. At least I have memories of failing more on that one than the others. But now, the the prize is determined by the lady that runs the shop, who is the Bomchu bowling lady. Right. Who is leaning over the counter and, like, shimmying back and forth. And I remember... So playing it most recently, I remembered that she likes... There's one link form that she thinks is hot. Yeah. And we'll give the prize to that. I didn't remember which one it was. So I said, okay, well, it's probably Zora Link, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And so I did it as Zora Link and didn't get it. And I'm like, wait, what? Right. And I was like, I didn't believe it at first. I'm like, did they change that? But no. <laughs> uh, she's not into guitarists. No. She likes a big burly man of a man. yeah. Who can blame her? <laughs> um, I think it's a, like... I thought the same thing. It The obvious choice is for her to have the hats for Zora Link, who is objectively desirable well he's the um, he's the he's the rock star yeah yeah that's his that's his um, that's his character so and the thing is I, I I wrote all this down and now I don't trust myself anymore I have to <laughs> check again they they changed the script in uh the 3d version so that she has the hots for Goron link 
more explicitly. Oh, like okay. she didn't have any lines about finding him attractive in the original. Um, Did they not have any like delineation before? Like it was was the dialogue in what sense? was the dialogue for getting the prize the same or like was that dialogue the same for every version of Link in the previous game, version of the game? I don't think so because she oh okay she kind of comes on to Zora Link in both versions. Oh, like she's okay. able to, um, she expresses that um, she, she has the same lines about "Hey, you're a good-looking guy" or something like that in both versions. But in both versions, she gives the piece of heart to Goron Link, and so in the original version, it's like, why does she give a piece of heart to Goron Link if she seems to be attracted to Zora Link? Got it. Um, so they changed the lines, and I really want to confirm this but it, my computer is not cooperating. So Grezzo um, was extremely planting their flag and saying, no, this is who the hottest is. Yes. That's fun. In both versions, she says to Zora Link, well, hello there, handsome. Want to play? Hey, for you, it's only five rupees. Okay. So she's giving him the deal. Okay. Um, to... Goron Link in the original version, she says, well, aren't you a fit fellow? Want to play? For you, it's 30 rupees. So not a come on. Upcharging him because he's strong, I guess. So they changed this in the 3D version to Goron Link. She says, well, hello there, handsome. Hello in capital letters. My, what strong arms you have. <laughs> so want to play? Uh, so uh, <laughs> she like they... I, I was wondering why they add her coming on to Goron Link, and it's because it's to make the heart piece prize make sense. Okay. Part of me was thinking, is this a translation issue? But it must not be. That doesn't seem like something that's a translation issue. There's probably is. My, my intuition is that it's probably as muddled in Japanese as it is in English. Well, yeah, if it were a translation issue, I don't think they changed the translation exactly for anything in the 3d version no they wouldn't have got Although it retranslated the... no that's silly interesting okay um there's a newspaper on the wall posted up behind the girl okay her picture is in the newspaper and it's circled in red also in the same newspaper there's madame aroma's picture and there's an article about the clock tower and there's an ad for gorman milk all right. Um, so, like, still having a lot of fun making very low res textures to put up everywhere. What did she um, get in the paper for? That isn't that fun to think about. <laughs> I mean, you, you assume it's something good if she put it up up there, but yeah, it might hmm. be like I like my first thought. The mundane thought is it's an article about all the great mini games that are in town for the festival. And oh, yeah. Treasure Shop Gal was quoted as saying, our game is really fun. And if you're beefy enough, I'll charge you more, but you might get a better prize. She was very proud of that article. Yes. Uh, the other thing is, there are newspapers in Majora's Mask. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> so the they have like a printing press and like the infrastructure for newspapers. There's more to say about technology in this game. Um, because, 
and I don't think it's exclusive to the 3DS version. I think that in Ocarina of Time, they were careful or like not necessarily consciously, but they stayed in a sort of medieval tone. Yeah. And um, they they didn't include wacky technology unless there's something I'm not thinking of. Can you think of anything off the top of your head that's like technology that stands out in no. a period of time? No. No. Okay, good. Um, that stuff in, shows up here and then in later Ocarina yes. of Time adjacent Zelda games. It's interesting that Majora's Mask, because I think because they went to an alternate universe or whatever Termina is, they said, we can have newspaper, we can have cameras, we can have gadgets of various types. And then from then on in the main line of Zelda, they're like, well, maybe there are cannons, Elevators. maybe there are trains. Um, it's still like nominally a medieval or maybe like renaissance world but they uh, don't mind putting in whatever technology seems fun i almost wonder i i i would i'm maybe a little out of my depth but i wonder how much that has to do with like the fantasy genre as a whole progressing in time oh interesting where like I, okay from a perspective of like a western tabletop fantasy kind of thing yeah. that that's deeply rooted in very like traditional like chainmail medieval yeah. work recreation stuff and over time fantasy and just you know fiction fantasy is kind of blended with fiction to kind of create a mishmash that you've got a lot of fantasy fiction out there and specifically like tabletop western fantasy stuff that blends a lot of technology with more traditional medieval mm -hmm. uh you've got motifs. steampunk stuff and then D, D adds the artificer yeah there's just it's it's just very accepted to have a lot of weird technology yeah. in your fantasy as time has gone on but that's like a really big view of it. I don't know if that exactly um, fleshes out, but yeah. No, I, I mean, it would be very interesting to hear from like developers or designers on this game and later Zelda games and see like when they decide to add, like adding cannons to Wind Waker seems kind of like you got to like how are you going to do a game about boats without cannons yeah um the camera in this game we'll talk about later we don't need to get all we're talking about a newspaper right now um that is funny true. that there's a newspaper and there are ads for other mini games around the shop um i want to meet the reporter that would be a good yes it's Majora's specifically the termina reporter who goes around like we met the lady in Breath of the Wild who goes around reporting on things. Yeah. But I don't give a care about her. I want to see the reporter in Termina who is writing the Clock Town Times. We could just we could just back the Tracy. Times of Clock Town. 
It would definitely be the times. You're so right. Uh, no, we could just backport her into this game. I'd be okay with that. Bring Tracy back. Okay. Ret- retroactively. Tracy, <laughs> but it's got to be like a weird, like deformed, yeah. low poly version. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. We stylize her more. Okay. Okay. We got to move on. You got on. it. Okay. Um, honey and Darling Shop. They're here. The outside of this shop looks like a creepy face. They've got the targets, and then they've got, like, little awnings over the targets to be eyebrows. I don't think this is an accident. It's creepy and weird. Um, Inside the shop, uh, Honey and Darling have come a long way since Ocarina of Time. um, Because they didn't have a shop in Ocarina of Time, did they? They just hung around embracing. But now they have this wild like disco zone there's a disco ball up in the top have you seen there that is. yes there is have you seen it outside of no clip uh almost certainly not okay because who would look up in gameplay but they decided to put a big disco ball at the top of this shop um the mini games here are maybe the most frustrating in the game oh i didn't think they were that bad but do you think that any in the game are more frustrating than these Oh, not off the top of my head. Oh, I don't like the, uh, <laughs> we're going to, s- some some beaver bother stuff. Okay, yeah. I don't, that one I don't is like... not fun. We'll get into the swimming later. <laughs> um, what bothers me about this one, I guess, is that you have to do things three days in a row. And so, like, every failure, you feel like it's, it's the pain of that failure is compounded by it having to take so long three days to work on it um there's one where you throw bombs into baskets there's one that's shooting with arrows right shooting targets with arrows yeah there's just uh targets you have to pop or and then the, i it must be the last day that you have bomb shoes right it i think bomb shoes is Bomb chew is first day. Bomb basket is second day. Target shooting is final day. Oh, bomb chew is first day. Yeah. Huh. It's the worst one, though. I hate bomb chews. Oh, I, I, I want to be defensive, but you might be right. It's so hard. Like, I get that they're fun, but not when you have a time limit and your stupid platform is going up and down. It's fine. It wasn't too I've bad. never thrown a controller across the fl- ground. <laughs> Throwing it across the room um, because of this mini game, but I am not. I don't look back on Honey and Darling's mini games fondly. I the one thing I appreciate is they do just hand you unlimited of the items you need. Yeah, that's nice. It's not like you're ammo limited. You only get so many shots to fulfill your thing. So yeah, as soon as I see that I have infinite, I don't care. I can just spam <laughs> to win, and we're good. Anything else to say about these guys? Honey and Darling are kind of interesting characters in how they talk to each other uh they call each other honey and darling and those appear to be their names or their stage names for business purposes dba honey dba darling but i don't know anything you do get a for doing all three you do get them smooching and it becomes a heart container Mm. which is cute you love i i know zelda does that in other games, I cannot think of a single other example, but I know that happens where it's like, oh, look, l- love happened, and therefore you get the symbol of love, which is a health Piece of upgrade heart. for you. So that's nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. Moving on. We're going to talk about the milk bar next. On the music episode, we debated whether the music in here was sad. Do you have any new thoughts about this? I think any music can be sad. Okay. That's all I got. Fine. Um, (laughs) This game, this part, this business has some of the best atmosphere in the whole game. It's pretty Um, great. I think that walking down the stairs from the entrance adds a ton to the character of this place. Because it it does feel like a members-only establishment. Which it is, we should mention. Uh, Yes, you have to have the Romani mask to get in. The Romani mask, it's interesting that it's named that because that connects it to the Romani ranch. And this milk bar doesn't seem to be, like, specifically aligned with the Romani ranch. Like, that ranch is just their supplier, right? Yeah. It, it's not like they're, this like, two parts of the same business. I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I guess we could extract, we, we could do a deep read and say, well, maybe they are connected. But there's nothing yeah. to back that. There, there's there's no. nothing to back that. Except that they don't seem to, or do they, will they buy Gorman milk when Romani milk is not available? We don't know that. Uh, do we have, do we, we don't have a way of knowing that. I guess not. Yeah, we we need to see some documents, like the ledgers of these establishments, to really understand the world. The bartender is great. His name is Mr. Barten, which I oh, will allow. I never got that told just now. Okay, cool. <laughs> he is the this world's version of Malin. No, Talon. And Malin's dad. Yes. But I guess that's the connection then, yeah? I guess that's the connection, but it's it's seems very strong to me that he is not related to Romani or Crimea. No, definitely not. But like and also by the same token, um Gorman's not related to them either. But yeah. he ends up hanging out here. So they're all like despite the fact that they're not like linked together as a best... family. They're, like, linked together in this, like, weird business arrangement. The best implementation of the alternate universe concept is these characters who are, like, very tightly related in one game are related. Like, they all show up in the same context in this game and are related in a much looser way. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Fate has conspired to put them together under one roof but under completely different pretenses. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mr. Barten is a much different character than Talon. Sure. He's just like a very suave, cool bartender. Um, He has this great line um, on the night of the last day where he's like, most people have uh, evacuated, but I guess uh, I'm, I'm sticking around here. I've been hoping one of my favorite customers would show up. And I was right, because you're here. It's sweet. It's good. Yeah, um, he's a good guy. Uh, 
before we get into like some of the more substantial stuff in here, I want to talk about some Hylian text. Okay. There are plaques. There are, for one thing, there are huge tanks of milk. Yeah. <laughs> Irresponsible amounts of milk. This is a bar. This is like a, like a brewery, right? And so they're showing you the the vats or the tanks where possibly milk gets fermented into alcoholic milk. I don't think it's out of line to suggest that might be what's going on. Yeah, I agree. Um, and each of these tanks has a little plank on it, plaque, plaque on it. And it has Hylian text where the top line is legible and translatable. And the bottom line is too low res to be readable. The first one says Romani on top and then something else underneath. The second one says Romani on top and then different text underneath. So like it's two different textures for two different types of Romani milk. The third one, the top line says Ura Jabu Jabu. And the bottom line is illegible. Ura Jabu Jabu. Oh, like alternate Jabu Jabu? Ura means like, it can mean, according to Wiktionary, it can mean other or can mean the other side of, or it can also mean inside. Which oh. to me is the most suggestive one, that this is milk that came from oh. inside Jabu Jabu. Well, there's a cow there. In Master Quest, there is. Yeah, so it's from that cow. Oh my gosh, so it's not Ura like inside. It's like Ura like Master Quest, right? Well, it's that's both. Ura Zelda, it's both. right? Yeah, oh Ura Zelda's Master Quest. It's and that cow. It's from that cow that's inside of Jabu Jabu. Oh, that's a relief. Because I thought it was like... Fish milk? Fish milk, like quote-unquote milk that has been extracted from Jabu Jabu's excretions no no no. that's totally milk from that specific cow that hangs out inside that's of jabu jabu amazing that's really good that's really good okay i'm impressed very glad i brought this up um also there's a poster on it with or sorry there's a poster posted up in the bar with a picture of cheese on it and the highly <laughs> text on it says dangerous aroma oh that sounds great yeah uh, so there are actual, like, humans doing stuff that is in English in this game, too. Um, or actual humans, I mean polygons that are arranged to look like people. There is, uh, we talked about the bartender. There's a guy, um, the, Mr. Gorman shows up, the middle brother of the Gorman family. That's right. There's the three of them. The one who went into show business while the big and little brothers stuck to making gross milk. Yeah. And uh, he shows up to drown his sorrows because his business is doing poorly because of all this problems with the Carnival of Time. Yeah, there's supposed to be, you know, a big performance that his troupe was going to put on and it's not going to happen now. And that sucks. And he's sad. The other guy is, is it Toto or Mr. Toto? Uh, I thought he was just Toto. Okay, I, I, I would call I him Mister because I'm polite. But yeah, Mister Toto is a Zora gentleman, um, a very small spherical Zora gentleman, 
um, who hangs out at the milk bar, like kind of along with um, Gorman, uh, because he's the manager of the Indigo Ghosts, who were supposed to perform there, but they've been canceled. Yep. And uh, he's the one who lets you do the sound check minigame. Yeah, this is a cool minigame. I think we talked about it on the music episode. We did. We didn't really get enough into it, though. Okay, let's get into it. Um, and I'm wondering, like, why does he want to do a sound check if the show has been canceled? He's just got to... He, he came all this way. He's going to check the <laughs> stage, I guess. Okay. Okay. Um, if you talk to him, he will suggest that you, like, help him out with the sound check. And so he'll have Link go stand under a specific spotlight and play an ocarina tune. And then if you talk to him as Goron Link, then he'll have Goron Link stand under a different, bigger spotlight, get out his drums, and play the rhythm of the same tune. And Zora Link has his own part, and Deku Link has his own part. And each time you add a part, you get to hear the parts played together um as like ghosts of the other forms appear to play their own parts and you end up getting a piece of music that is very fun for being put together out of the, you know like four parts that you got to play yourself it is not exactly an immortal part of the soundtrack it doesn't no. sound great on its own no it's more of the, the spirit of what's happening that's fun yeah, with this, not the, it's very not, the fun. not the song you create. Yeah. Uh, did we talk at all about um, actually like playing good music with the instruments in this game? I don't think we got into it too much. I know people do. I know that, I mean, that people have been doing that since 1998. Uh, yeah. There are web pages from 1998 of here's the tabs so that you can play some song i can't think of a 1998 song on the ocarina uh-huh uh, uh, I, and i think that the 3d version are like the the thing is that the ocarina has undocumented controls right to like pitch you bend make, up and down with the stick and to give yourself like a half step up or a half step down with yeah. like z or something um which that lets you play much more than the five notes of the normal buttons. Right. And the game never expects you to use those, but they're there because they programmed it and said, well, we're just going to put that out there. Sure. It's just fun to have. Uh, with those, you can play good music. And um, like just in the past year or two, one guy on YouTube has done a very good job of cutting together like three Zora guitar parts and a couple of ocarina parts and the drums and the horns to play like Africa by Toto or whatever. Okay. Um, and like, it sounds good when you carefully add enough parts to have like a really, uh, a full arrangement and use those, um, uh, methods. I'm trying to figure out if, the 3DS control scheme gives you, I think it might give you a little more um, 
that can't be right. More control I, I'm not sure. over the uh, tone. Like there might be more flexibility, but it's a lot harder to use. You have to really crab claw over the 3DS to like hit this part of the screen while you're holding down this button. Um, I've I've done a little bit of it just to amuse myself, and it's cool. This stuff occupies the same space in my head as like creating music in Mario Paint. Hmm. Because that's another one where people will do YouTube videos of where they string together like yeah, yeah. several different songs because you only have so so much time in each file yeah. to create stuff. And then someone created a program that lets you just like create music in the Mario Paint sound fonts. Yes, which uh, is like And then people weird consider that cheating. I do kind of consider it cheating. It is kind of cheating. <laughs> Like, it's one thing to eliminate the um, the length restriction, but the Mario Paint apps also typically, like, let you do, like, accidentals, and uh, there's, like, changing the tempo in the middle of the thing, I think, is a big uh, And I think issue. more notes. Yeah, more notes. I think more voices. When you get rid of all those restrictions... Now you're basically just using a MIDI synthesizer that, yeah. or a MIDI sequencer that looks weird. You could just use FL Studio and yeah. download the sound fonts at this point, which yeah. people do. And there's some great music that comes out of that. So, yeah, It does sound good, but I'm not like as impressed as when you use actual Mario Paint because Mario Paint is harder to use. It's harder, so it's more impressive. And Especially hard to use now that my mouse doesn't work anymore. Oh, man. Sorry. I think you can emulate them out. Anyways, <laughs> we got to keep going. <laughs> uh, I think we've talked about the milk bar all the way. We've yeah. discussed everything that's good in the milk bar. Let's talk about the stock pot inn. So they have a cool place. It's cool that there's an inn in the fantasy game. Of course. And it operates like along the lines of a motel or like a tavern not in like the traditional fantasy sense because like there are people with reservations it seems more like a it's like a like a like a a hostel or something it's like yeah there's 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 rooms there's reservations um the fact that there's reservations i don't think they have those hostels not that i know anything about hostels it feels almost like a bed and breakfast almost. yeah that's the word was, the bed and breakfast yeah um because it's definitely like in someone's home Right. But it's a fairly, like, well-established place to stay and not just, like, whoever shows up. Despite only having two, like, visible rooms. Right. Um, That might be one of the ways that (laughs) the they don't do that great a job of making it seem like a big town because I, I get that it's a video game and you have a low resolution for this kind of detail but you're walking into the main hotel in town and they have two rooms so we we touched on this earlier too and what i want to say is like in a modern game they would abstract this by like this is already an abstraction right clock town is an abstraction of a city where we've distilled it down to the most 
we're not going to fill this with a thousand people. This is not going to be a, a thousand NPC town. It's not. Yeah, that's yeah. not how video games worked in on the sixty four. I, I there's probably video games where that works like that now, but that's bad design because you don't need that many individual actors most okay. of the time. Okay. Okay. Um, the way modern games would get around this is you would have a door in the stockpot in that leads to like the rest of the inn where the other rooms are and it would just be non-interactable yeah and i would like that a lot less than the way it's presented here because this is more honest um i was just about to suggest that as having one or two doors not to not to like the the door to the rest of the inn but one or two more doors to rooms that are not interactable that would be a, a better way of doing it, yeah. I don't know how that's different than what I said before, but it is different in some way that makes sense in my head. Okay, good job. All right. Um, we, of course, don't intend to slam on the stockpot in at all. It's one of the great locations in the video game canon. You have the receptionist or, like, the proprietor or something, Anju. Oh, Anju's cool because she's a character that existed in Ocarina of Time that I'm almost 100% certain that didn't have that name in Ocarina of Time. She was just the cuckoo lady. Yeah, yeah. But here they gave her a name, which is fun. They gave her a name, and it's one of the cases and a where family. <laughs> the, um, I don't think that we refer to the cuckoo lady in Ocarina of Time as Anju, unlike yeah. Professor Shikashi and certain other people guru guru um that's interesting i mean unless um, it's unless it is and i'm just not aware but it's not surfaced at all in the text of ocarina of time for the nintendo 64 she is according to the game she apologizes too much right we, we, we find that, that out in the keaton quiz she like and she definitely has kind of a nervous um insecurity that makes her not entirely well suited to the job of welcoming and administering a hotel she does have a family she has a mom she has a grandmother um she had a uh grandfather but he passed i think well yeah and presumably she had a father i i guess but that's not a character that we know a name of wait i thought that tortoise is the father oh tortoise is the father you're right i messed um, up that's right because because the grandmother talks about grandmother talks about tortoise i mix it up in my head okay um and so like it's it's a very good example of i mean like we're gonna get into all the details but they make anju specifically and the family more in kind of a hazier way like very real and evocative with the details that they choose to supply and the way they choose to supply those details mm. um she's an excellent character the mother doesn't get much to do she no. is at the front desk like sometimes but sometimes I figure out when um and uh there's more to say about the grandmother let's get into granny so she is the terminal version of the potion lady, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
the potion lady in Kakarika Village, um, who is like in uh, Kakarika Village, is like proximate to Cuckoo Lady in a certain way, um, but in an inversion of the Malantalan family, has now been brought closer into a definite familiar relationship. Yeah, is the mom the equivalent of any Ocarina of Time person? I is she one of the Rich There's ladies a, from Hyrule Castle Town? Maybe. There's a couple ladies that share, like, a body type, like an outline. Interesting. She might be one of them from Ocarina of Time, but I don't remember any of them except for one who has a definite double in this game. Yes. Whoever she might she have. in Ocarina of Time, she's not very memorable. I'm looking at a picture of her now. Okay. This might be an entirely new... No, Anshu's mother looks like an entirely new character. I don't think this th- there's a double character at all. In that is time. wild that they would make a new character for this so yeah. inconsequential personage. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's an entirely new model. This is not a model that they reused. Interesting. Because I guess they needed a certain design. Like if you used um, uh, the dog lady, what's her name? Mom, Madam Mom, 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 Mamaru or something. Mamaru, Mamaru. Um, but she's in. She's here. She's in this game in a different place. She's in this game, but like, if you were, if we're designing Majora's Mask from the ground up, we need Anju's or Kukulady to have a mother. Um, that would be one of the candidates. But I think we needed to create a new model to have certain like facial expressions and animations that the Yamaru or Mamaru or she wouldn't really support. Without just redoing the model anyways, so we might as well make a new model. Yeah. And let Ma- Mama Maru, uh do something with dogs, because she loves yeah. dogs. She loves dogs. Let's talk about Granny. Granny rules. She's cool. She's got a lot going on. She is in a wheelchair with a picture of a tiger on the back, which is rad. Uh, also, wheelchair is a version of technology. Um yeah. This is like a medieval technology. It has the spikes coming out of the wheels that you recognize from Ben Hur. And she is. She it has memory problems and hearing problems that she is faking at least some of the time. <laughs> at least much of. Yeah. It is very obvious based on the text that she is putting on a bit of a. A bit of An a old lady act. <laughs> um, because when you could talk to her as Link, just being Link, um, she will think that you are Tortoise, who we take to be. Wait a second. It's her son. It's her son. So it's not Anju's mother's mother. Yeah. So Tortoise is Anju's dad. Yeah. And so. Granny is not related by blood to... No. Okay. That, I I think up until now, I was assuming that Anju's mom and dad were brother and sister. Doesn't work that way. Okay. In this, in this fiction. In this fiction. Um, the... So, okay. She calls you Tortoise, thinking that you're her son, we think. Like, we're, we're inferring this. And... Uh, because, like, there's a lot of fuzzy details with Granny that make, like, analysis of this part of the game 
important to uh, be kind of tentative about our conclusions here. She calls you tortoise and says that she will read you a bedtime story. And if you just get her to tell you a story, she will start telling you a story and then you will wake up the next morning because you couldn't stay awake through the entire story. Nope, she's just too good. Even though she says that she's going to try and tell it in an animated way, um, you can't stay up. It's so boring for some reason. Even though Link can stay awake all 72 hours just standing in place. I don't know. Sometimes somebody somebody tells you a good bedtime story and you just want to go to bed. Unless. Why they make that sleepy time tea. Same idea. Oh, there is an item that will allow you to stay up. And it is the all night mask. Yeah. The torture device that forces you to be awake. It's the, what's the thing from Clockwork Orange? It's one of those. Yes. The Ludovico technique. Yeah. You got your eyes pried open. You're ready to hear about some fairy tales. So you come to Granny wearing that mask. She still thinks you're tortoise, uh, but she'll tell you stories. And um, there are two different stories she can tell. And at the end of each story, she gives you a quiz. And you want to get one answer or the other to if she if you get if you give her the I'm going to say right answer, she'll give you a candy. Let's talk about one story first okay um i'm gonna pull up the text dump she the the two stories that she gives you the 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 decision over are a story about the carnival of time Mm -hmm. or the story about the four giants and i'm seeing here in the text dump that carnival of time is going to take two hours and four giants will take till morning I think in both cases, you can't stay awake through the whole story unaided, but um, only the four giant story will actually last till morning. And so the Carnival Carnival of Time story, you can use to jump forward just two hours if that is convenient to you. It's more convenient in the N64 version where Song of Double Time is less Ah, versatile. I see. I remember playing this game in the 64 version and using this uh not like a ton but like way more frequently interesting the carnival of time is it the carnival is almost here so it's good for you to learn its meaning it's a little long but i'll read it with some enthusiasm the carnival of time each year the season of harmony begins when the sun and moon are in alignment paying homage to the way that both nature and time are tirelessly in the process of progressing. The carnival of time is when the peoples of the four worlds celebrate that harmony and request fruitfulness for the year. For ages, people have worn masks resembling the giants who are the gods of the four worlds. Now it has become a custom for each person to bring a handmade mask to the carnival of time. It is said that if a couple united on the day of the festival and dedicated If a couple united on the day of the festival and dedicated a mask as the sign of their union, it would bring luck. The centerpiece of the carnival is the clock tower, and on the eve of all the festivities, the doors to its roof are opened. From atop the clock tower roof, a ceremony to call the gods is held and an ancient song is sung. All of these festivities for the carnival of time are held so that we may ask the gods for a rich harvest in the year to come. 
Now, when does the clock tower roof open? I fell asleep and I don't know. <laughs> um, so, like, I think this is the one where uh, if you give the correct answer, then she gives you a candy. Um, and the candy is a piece of heart. Yeah, chew on that. So a piece of heart can be uh, the materialization of a loving kiss, or it can be uh, hard candy. It's it's cool. Um, there's a lot to unpack in this story. Um, the season of harmony begins when the sun and moon are in alignment. So I, I always interpreted, you know, the the carnival of time is being like a spring festival, right? It's, it's the end of winter going into spring. If they are celebrating the harvest. No, but it's for like a harvest to come. Okay. It's how I always interpret. They would ask the gods for a rich harvest in the year to come. Yeah. Um, but like, and this might be a translation issue. They mentioned the harvest in a, the other story too, in a way that's ambiguous. But um, also I mean, we know that, the winter was supposed to have just ended. In How do you know that? Because of the, when we get to snow, snow, snowhead. That's talk where about winter him. is lasting too long. Okay. Winter okay. is lasting too long. And they're like, it's supposed to be spring. So I always took this to be that this is what happens at the end of winter, right when spring is starting. So they're getting ready to plant and get ready that's to. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's, that's how I always took that. All right. Um, the sun and moon being in alignment is an interesting thing because we know that the sun and moon masks are going to show up later. Yeah. And of course, the moon is a constant presence. Yeah. Uh, the moon would seem to be out of alignment right now as it is descending on Clocktown. When I think of the sun and moon being in alignment, that's an eclipse, right? Uh, I don't know enough about astrology. Otherwise, like the sun and moon are typically are in a line with Earth and in, in, on Earth. Um, they're along the same line whenever there's a new moon or whenever there's a full moon. But I would think of them being actually aligned, like in the same line when there is either a solar or lunar eclipse. Um, so I think that this, you know, I don't think they thought very scientifically about this sentence, um, but like it's a good it's good theme work to mention the moon here. Um, like they bring up the moon in a lot of situations that aren't talking about the moon dropping on you, which I think is a very good move because like anytime the moon is referred to as like just a normal thing that quietly reinforces how the moon falling on you is not a normal thing. Um, the way that both nature and time are tirelessly in the process of progressing. Nature and time as separate forces. Um, because, like, time is worshipped almost as a god in this world. And so, like, nature is, like, a separate thing. We're not going to get too in deep into that. Um, the giants are the gods of the four worlds. Oh, um, 
and the the carnival of of time is when the peoples of the four worlds celebrate the harmony and request fruit from this fruitfulness for the year so the, are the four worlds the four worlds must be the swamp the ocean the mountains the canyon yeah right? yeah that's definitely that they're going for there and so clock town is not a one of the four worlds and yet it's where all this lore is being repeated and learned it's a ne- it's a nexus i guess yeah um so that's really weird um to, it, it, they keep on referring to the four worlds and that's such a strange way to delineate the universe when so much of the action is happening at this fifth location um and then there's stuff about a couple uniting and stuff about opening the clock tower roof uh which oh like the ceremony to call the gods is held and an ancient song is sung is foreshadowing the end of the game in a really direct and poetic way and it's Mm. one of these things where like it brings home to me how we have to interpret the stuff in this game like there's there's an element of allegory or performance or non-literalness in this whole thing when you play the oath to order on the clock tower and call the giants you're performing the ceremony that was like set forth by the carnal of time in the first place right yeah, this is an intended act that would have hap- that would have happened more or more or less metaphorically, you know, as like a, you know, officiant coming out and doing that. We're going to play the song and then we're going to yeah. party. Yeah, we're going to call the four giants as like a just as, you know, like we're going to put out cookies for Santa Claus. They're not really going to come. Um, but like the fact that the the story that Granny tells you is like the story of the game it tells me that we're kind of we're doing it wrong if we're taking all of this as the literal history of the world yeah because clearly this is this the story of this game is the performance of this ritual in a fuzzy sense yep um and it kind of defies or it diffuses literal interpretation. Yep, 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 yep. Let's look at the other story, The Four Giants. Do you want to read this? I have it in front of me, but you could read it if you want. Uh, can I get it in front of me? I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. Okay. The Four Giants, is it? This is quite long, but it is a good story for you to hear, so I'll read it with some extra gusto. <clears throat> the Four Giants. This tale's from long ago, when all the people weren't separated into four worlds like they are now. In those times, all the people lived together, and the four giants lived among them. On the day of the festival that celebrates the harvest, the giants spoke to the people. We have chosen to guard the people while we sleep. One hundred steps north, one hundred steps south, one hundred steps east, one hundred steps west. If you have need, 
call us in a loud voice by declaring something such as, The mountain blizzard has trapped us. Or, The ocean is about to swallow us. Your cries shall carry to us. Now then, there was one who was shocked and saddened by all this. A little imp. The imp was a friend of the giants since before they had created the four worlds. Why must you leave? Why do you not stay? The childhood friend felt neglected, so he spread his anger across the four worlds. Repeatedly, he wronged all people. Overwhelmed with misfortune, the people sang the song of prayer to the giants who lived in each of the four compass directions. The giants heard their cry and responded with a roar. Oh imp, oh imp, we are the protectors of the people. You have caused the people pain. Oh imp, leave these four worlds, otherwise we shall tear you apart. The imp was frightened and saddened. He had lost his old friends. The imp returned to the heavens, and harmony was restored to the four worlds. And the people rejoiced, and they worshipped the giants of the four worlds like gods. And they lived happily ever after. Good job. Wasn't that fun, Tortoise? What did the people do to call those giants? Uh, they sang a song. Congratulations. Here's a candy. No, because this is the one where if you say, sing a, you give the right answer, sing a song. She says, that's right, but you couldn't do, sing that song just anywhere. Um, the 100 steps north, 100 steps south, 100 steps east, 100 steps west. The spot at which those giants parted is right in the middle of this very town. Da, da, da. Da, if da, da. you say, I don't know. Then she says, oh, really? But you listened hard, so Mother is happy. I'll give you some candy as your prize. And then you get a piece of heart for saying that you didn't know the answer. So what's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's weird, again, right? this story is telling the story of this game. Right, but it's telling it as if this was events that happened well before this game. Right. And there is some indication, like, the the Skull Kid... First of all, it's messed up that the Skull Kid is the imp in this story. But we can't, like... First things first. The Skull Kid says something, like, to the giants at the ending of the game um, that indicates, like, that kind of refers to this... Um, and the giants refer to Skull Kid as their friend. So yeah. definitely they have some history. But I think Maybe. it's a mistake to, like, uh, certainly what Hyrule Historia and Zelda Wiki do is treat this story as just Gospel. literal history of this yeah. world. And yeah. it's it's told in terms that I think it's much better to interpret it as the myth that is the history of the world, but is also what is happening now and trying to understand it literally as just a record of events is misunderstanding the whole, the ethos of this game. So like, We've talked a lot on this episode about how people in Termina are, by and large, people from 
Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. who have then been brought in and have to act in these roles, right? Yeah. There's a performance happening, and they've taken on these roles, these new roles that might be resonant with the roles in the previous game, but might be different. And I would look at that in that context and say that maybe these events happened in some way before, and maybe now the Skull Kid has been drawn here, and now even if perhaps he's not the actual imp from the story, he, in this role, now feels like, well, I kind of am, and I am kind of mad, and I am going to make things bad for people, and I do want my friends back. And the four giants, which are, I guess, in this context, like most, like the same, you know, they're they're authentic, they're a original creation to Termina. So they you're you're might... saying that you don't think Skull Kid is the imp from the story? Not in like the Not most in a direct one-to-one sense. Okay. Not in a one to one, but in like a. He's certainly drawn that way in the illustrations. That you sure. See. But I think in a game that's about characters taking on new roles in this mm-hmm. new existence, it makes more sense to me that maybe he's just now in this role. He's found himself in this role, and the Giants are happy for it because they want their friend back. Whereas the, where the Giants are these constants, right? They're part of their innate to determine yes. itself. They're not, they're not a leftover Ocarina of Time asset or anything like that. <laughs> and, like, Skull Kid being the imp that was friends with the four giants before they created this world does not jive in any literal way with skull kid being a skull kid in ocarina of time who you taught saria's song when this the yeah. skull kids are what's the origin of skull are they kids who went in the forest without fairies or something like that it's it's any the, the 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 one girl says like oh if you do wander to the forest you become a stalfos stalfos and that's all we have to really go on okay but the skull like the skull kids are not presented in ocarina of time as imps that predate the created universe right and that's where it's like it makes way more sense to me that this is some kind of weird cosmic recurrence uh, as opposed to Skull Kid was around thousands of years ago and then wandered into Hyrule and forgot all about all that and then came back and now he remembers all that and now he's yeah. up to no good, but he just wants his friends back. It's it's all like... In this game, in a very uh, visceral way, people are performing, just playing out a story for yeah. an audience the legend here is you know this this myth that we're, we're told is creating the world yes in some ways um and i think this turns out to be a good way to approach the rest of the series where characters recur hey yeah, it's that guy from that time. other game but trying to dump is here. treat it as like this is this is what Ganon did the first time he tried to kill everybody. This is what he did the second time. This is what where he was for this many years, and then he was in this form. Um like That's a yeah. You're reading it from uh a 
perspective that diminishes the work. It's a much healthier perspective to take a step back and look at it as a series of legends that recreate themselves as opposed to a literal history. Yeah. Um, that we won't get into it right now, but that that gets wrinkled by the the couple games that follow the couple mainline games that follow this that do extremely want to explicitly be sequels to Ocarina of Time, but that's a problem with those games. Well, <laughs> Not game. I don't think it's a problem with those games. I think that like if you if you set out to make a game that's a direct sequel to this game, yeah, then like okay, that's what you did. And yeah. in those cases, they did do that, but there are right. many cases where they didn't, and it's extremely a so, to... extremely so. Yeah, the problem is that started to happen, and people's brains were already broken, and they started to try and chain the entire thing together, and we got the Zelda timeline out of that. Anyway, uh, do we have anything else to say about Anju's grandmother? Uh, oh, oh, go ahead. When um. Anju comes in to feed her. She mistakes Anju for I think she calls her tortoise too. Um she says, "Oh tortoise, I've already had lunch." Anju says, "Grandmother, I am Anju. Tortoise was my dad." This is a conversation that you have to be in Granny's room at just the right time to see. Yeah, it's really easy to miss. Um and like this is where they explicit, explicitly mention that tortoise is Anju's dad. Um and you haven't had lunch yet. Uh, Granny says, I've already had lunch. Now be quick and take that away. Not eating is bad for you. Please eat. Didn't I say that I already ate lunch, Tortoise? Impossible, child. Then don't eat my food. I give up. And then as you, uh, as Anju leaves, Granny says, whew. And Anju says, whew? And Granny <laughs> says, uh, who you, would you like me to read you a story? <laughs> so uh, she is... <laughs> faking it or you know what like this text is consistent with her honestly mistaking anju for tortoise but dishonestly pretending she already ate but um i think the implication is that she is pretending to mistake anju for tortoise because she knows that that will get her off the hook of eating anju's terrible food apparently she's a really bad cook apparently and there are bugs scuttling around the kitchen there are bugs in the kitchen, that's the, true. <laughs> it's an amazing detail. Um, <laughs> that, like, I think in modern games, that kind of touch is... Um, people do that more easily. But, like, at the time, kind of a stroke of genius to have the bugs that are usually only in caves uh, show up in the kitchen of this establishment. Also, there's a little creek running through the kitchen. It's yep. not like the creek in the general store that's like made to look like you're actually outside. It's more like they took an existing waterway, I assume, and like put down tile and stuff to have like a good source of water and fish in the kitchen. Yeah, it's rad. It's rad. I can't figure out what it's supposed to imply. Like, is this something about the culture of this world that they have running water by means of natural s streams in their kitchens? Or is it supposed to, like, be another example of how gross this kitchen is? Oh, I think it's supposed to be good. You want water in the kitchen. I suppose. And it's nice to have fish, um, especially for Link. When you need fish, it's a great place to get fish. As he, as he often does. Indeed. 
Um, uh, I think we've talked about the family enough. We can go upstairs and talk about some of the people who are staying here. There's some residents, some uh, some guests. We'll this episode res- is going to be so friggin' long. We're almost done. We're basically already done. It's fine. Uh, no, do you want to talk about the guests first and then talk about a guest? Let's do that. Um, the Gorman Troop is taking up like a whole room with like five bunk beds. It's a cool room. I like that. That's 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 a cool setup is it's like that's where i started thinking hostile because it's yeah, just definitely. a bunch of just a bunch it's a bunch of bunks the gorman troop consists of the leader the ringmaster ring yeah yeah what is it the yeah. ring leader or the ringmaster oh i don't know gorman, gorman. we talked about him already we talked he's about sulking him. he's miserable he's, he's sad this whole game just sad sad man <laughs> um because he's Ingo from Ocarina of Time, who has animations of him being dejected. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so huh? <laughs> he's perfect for this role. Um, he's the leader of the Gorman Troop, which consists of the Juggler Twins, who I don't yeah. think their names. I forget about them, but they're actually hanging outside uh, for a large part of the day. Yeah, during the day, they are in the East Clock Town juggling. Uh, just like they juggled in uh, Ocarina of Time. Yep. At night, they are in the um, in this room at the on the second floor of the hotel, and they're playing cards. And so you get to see what playing cards look like in Termina. And I believe the textures are like it's a single plane with the same texture on both sides, and so you're not actually hiding your cards for the other guy. But that's the. Uh, they're playing graphical uh, limitation. What is that game? There's a game I played. It's got a Japanese name, and you have the card facing the other person. Interesting. What's the Japanese word for fireworks? It's called that. Neat. I don't remember. Um, that one. So they play that game there, and uh, they have different stuff to talk about. I think it's in the at night while they're playing cards. They talk about how isn't it weird that there are two pairs of twins. In this troop, because there is a second pair of twins, it's the Rosa sisters. We met them. They're cool. Yeah, we talked about them. We talked about their names on that other episode, and so I don't have to remember their names now. It's One Judo of them is... and Marilla, because I you. have the page up. Um, and when they're not practicing in West Clocktown during the night, during the day, they're in the Stockpot Inn. Um, not practicing but thinking to themselves about the act and like gosh we have to get different moves for this dance that we're doing um and this is your clue that you can uh give them new moves at night on the other side of town which is really funny because i feel like this clue is harder to find than just finding them out in the open absolutely it's harder to find than the uh puzzle and it might be harder to find than the solution to the puzzle. Yep. Um, but they're cool. The other member of the troop is Guru Guru. Yeah. Um, and like the Rosa sisters talk about how they can't change the music because that'll make Guru Guru mad. So he actually plays, I guess, the dancing music when he's not playing the Song of Storms. Um, and he will tell you other stuff. He he hangs out in here during the day, and I forget what he says. 
Yeah. I think that's all five members of the Gorman troop. And that's it. Yeah. We did Uh, it. They're, they're cool. There's another resident up on this floor. Uh, another guest, you mean? Uh, is there another guest? Is he a guest or is he a resident? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about the man in the toilets. Oh, he's on the first level. I forgot. Oh, it's first floor. Okay. Um, Yes, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, One character who is not from Ocarina of Time, um, but who shows up in many Zeldas afterward. Yes. Because he is iconic. (laughs) Iconic Majora's Mask character, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, At midnight. First of all, there is a toilet in this game, um, which is like a big deal yeah uh, it's almost the psycho of video games <laughs> or of zelda games i guess um i feel guilty about making that joke because i think it's not something everybody knows that like psycho had a reputation for being the first movie that showed a toilet flushing in it I didn't know that until you said that just now. Yeah, and like I think that's not even true, but it has that like people believe that about it anyway. Blah 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 blah. At midnight, if you stand in the restroom at the stockpot inn, a hand reaches up from between the planks that constitute the toilet seat, and it begs you for paper. Why does it need paper? Nobody don't ask. knows. Don't ask. You don't want to know. Um, but. Fortunately, there are many pieces of paper that Link can be holding in this Yes, <laughs> this is delightful. So you can give the deed to any of the uh, Deku business scrub business places. Or you can give any of several pieces of mail, very important mail. Yes. <laughs> um, and if you... Uh, give the appropriate article to the hand then the hand gives you a thumbs up and thanks you and then from out of the toilet comes a piece of heart it's great i love the idea that like at some point while you're playing you gotta burn a piece of paper that's probably worth more than what you're doing to help this help this person out well and the cycle thing is what makes that kind of puzzle feasible. Yep. It's great. That's really neat. And it's it's a kind of um, cool puzzle that you can't do in many other games where like plot items are unique objects that you will not get back. Uh, there's another guest at the Stockpot Inn. Uh, Schrodinger's guest. Yes. Because there's a Goron who wears a little hat. What is his deal? I don't know. Well, his name is Calpen. Oh, okay. His name name is is whatever you type in. Yeah. As your own name. Um, Which makes him the counterpart to Darunia's son. That's right. Who's also, he names, gosh, I forgot all about that. Darunia Um, in Ocarina of Time names his son after the player character. And so now we have a Goron who is also named after the player character. But here, it's a complete, like, happenstance. Yes. Um, just a very convenient coincidence. Because he will show up. He has a reservation at this Takpa Inn. 
I wish we knew what he was there for, but I don't know if we get any text on that. And you can, if you show up at the right time, you can see him come in, claim his reservation, get his key, and he'll go up to his room and I guess spend the rest of the cycle there. If you come in at a particular time, like around when the other, this Goron with your name is supposed to show up, and you come in and introduce yourself as yourself to Anju, she'd be like, oh yeah, you have a reservation, and give you the key, and you can go up to this Goron's room and get the money out of the chest that's in that room for some reason. And the Goron will just have to sleep outside because someone claimed his room. And just, like, he's resolved to his fate. It's great. It's another weird thing where, like, getting the clue of there's a reservation for Link here requires you to be at the desk at exactly the right time to hear that. Yeah. And so it's arguably harder to get that clue than it is to just show up by accident at the right time and get the room because you happen to have the right name um the wrinkle is if you show up and talk to anju too early before link the goron is supposed to show up then she will know you she'll know you're not the guy who's supposed to show up and so you won't be able to get the key to that room. Yeah. This is like some of the most like time sensitive, like weird yeah. it's stuff. It's the trickiest it's... little bit of like schedule. But it's also it... treated very realistically. Extremely. Yeah. I was going to say it's like, you know, checking into a ho- checking in and out of a hotel. There's very specific times for that sort of stuff. Yeah. And the devs were definitely thinking about that when they put that in here. Yeah. So it, it works. To, it's awesome. <laughs> like, what do we do with a clock in a game? Well, let's inconvenience the player by making yes. sure they have to have to have to check in at the right time. Mm-hmm. It's clever. It's good. I love it. Um, is there yeah. anything else to talk about at the hotel? I have one thing to talk about. Okay. Uh, there's a bell. Oh yeah. Sitting on top of the stockpot in that doesn't have a purpose. As far as I can tell. Now, in does either it, of the games, does it ring when you slash it with your sword? So I think you can hit it as Goron Link and it kind of nudges around, but it doesn't really ring in the way you want it to. Mm, okay. The in being named the Stockpot Inn and like the room that you get with, by impersonating Goron Link is the knife room, I think. There is so much focus on food at this place. Yeah. That I think of this bell as summoning the guests of the hotel to a meal. Okay, I can see that. It's a decorative thing, but symbolizing the come around foods on. Well, I think that we're to understand that the NPCs are able to actually ring the bell. And it's oh sure, sure, a sure. Failure of implementation that <laughs> you can't make a ear splitting gong noise. Um, like I feel like you can do that in other Zeldas. I always thought game. that the the big like bell that has some sort of physics to it always seemed like something when I was playing it like as a kid that you should be able to interact with and get a prize for. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where the confusion came for me, where it's this yeah. really conspicuous object that they just never implemented a reward for interacting with, which yeah. is good. Yeah, it's good. Um, you kind of need something there for just the visual complexity of the scene. Yes. And it's a good choice of, it's a good landmark. It's wonderful. I love that bell. Let's go up the street, up the stairs. Um, if you uh, come here on the dawn of the first day, actually, I think you'll see um, Gorman exiting the stockpot inn, going up these stairs, and walking up to the door of the mayor's residence. There is a sign outside the mayor's residence. And Zelda Wiki has Hylian link, sorry, Hylian text translations for the text on this sign in the 3ds version i don't know if it's there in the 64 version almost not assuredly not the text says when translated to english yesterday's face was your face tomorrow's face will also be your face which one is your true face Hmm. so again I don't know why this is at the mayor's office, but the game's fascination and obsession with performance of roles ties into a question of identity. And if all we're doing is performing in the roles that we create or that are set for us, then is there a real person underneath the role or is there just a series of masks? Hmm themes inside the mayor's office on your left as you enter there is a model of clock town it's incredible it's It's incredible it's really good i lost my mind when i realized that's what was there but if i'm not mistaken it matches the game map basically one to one right like you can see east clock town you can see south clock town that 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 And so this is the point that I think that the game drops the ball on, like, implying that there's a larger clock town. Because they could have modeled this model town to look like a bigger town and have streets that you can't get to in the game. But it's like, see, there's all this other stuff. This really is a town. I mean, sure. But also, this is a decoration they added to the 3DS version is it not in the uh, 64 version? I don't... I don't... I should have checked before we recorded. You should have re- checked before we recorded. Well, I didn't. I didn't think to check. I don't think it's in the 64 version. Um, I could go check. I could. Po- we could pause the podcast. I go check right now. Zelda Wiki has a couple of screenshots. Uh, I don't see it. Yeah, it's not there in 64. Okay. Uh, okay, so it was added for the 3DS version... So I what I'm saying think, is yeah. it's a pretty low effort doodad that they put in here. That's true. There's highly in text on the plaque for the model. It translated says, Clocktown, town of youth. We also respect the past. Okay, sure. More time stuff, I guess. Well, and I, I think there's like a joke about like, trying to hedge your bets on what values you should have. Um, Oh, I got you. Yeah. 
the main feature of the mayor's office reception room, of course, is the receptionist, who is a character who is not in Ocarina of Time. She was created just for this game. Yes. Um, she is like a ditzy kind of sexed up receptionist, like a very big receptionist stereotype. Um, she had like, for one thing, she has a bare midriff. You can see her belly button while she's working at the mayor's office. Um, and her whole thing is that she's like, um, do you want to see the mayor? He's over there. And the mayor's wife is over there. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about her. She, um, by being this stereotypical, like, 20th century receptionist, I think she contributes to the theme of bureaucracy that we were alluding to before. Yeah. Um, that this game has a, a big idea of, like, modern inconveniences. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. There is... A clock over her head in the Nintendo 64 version. In the 3DS version, <laughs> the clock has been moved to, to the side a little. And above her head is a painting. It's the best painting that's ever been painted it's, in, it's, of all time. What the heck? What is it's so, so good. It's, it is a, it is a, a, a stylized painting yes. of the mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Mayor Dottor, right? Yeah. Dottor, yeah. Dottor. Uh, and his wife, Madame Aroma. But they are, like, drawn, like, Bishonen. Yes. <laughs> like. They're two very, like, sexy, and... thin, tall, thin people. Where Madame Aroma is not thin. The mayor, it is implied, is not tall. Neither of them are in-person paragons of human appearance. But here they are, yeah. Super yeah. attractive like flamenco dancers they got someone to make this painting of them and it's so good it's amazing um that painter's hanging out with the newspaper girl <laughs> well i guess in your version it would be the termina version of what's his face picango yeah there you go um he can be in termina sure he can be in termina sure which side of the building do we want to go to first uh we can go see the mayor real quick okay there's not much there there's like uh, a, there's like a cool scene but that's it yeah the mayor is at his desk looking harried the desk uh, his huge mayor chair makes him look small yes yes um and on opposite sides of his office are two groups of petitioners on one side is the leader of the town guard do you have his name Viskin, Captain Viskin, um, and a couple of his underlings um, who are advocating that everyone evacuate from Clocktown because the friggin' moon is going to fall on them. <laughs> on the other side, you have the leader of the Carpenters. Is his name Goto? Muto. Muto. And I almost want to say that that was his name in Ocarina of Time. I, I almost believe you, but I would have to dig in and I don't want to dig in right now. Okay. Um, but he ends up being called Muto in other games, right? Yeah, definitely. A lot of these names end up carrying forward for these characters that would later recur. Yes. Not Viskin. Not Viskin still missing at large. Yeah. Um, Muto... I'm going to find him in a grave in Twilight Princess somewhere, probably. 
Muto um, and his carpenters are advocating that we stay in town and have the festival because it's we have to have the festival and the moon isn't going to fall on you, idiot. Um, and they just argue. And there's like this one track of music that plays only for this argument. When you come into this room, it starts playing and it will not stop playing until you leave or until you somehow diffuse the debate. It is a really good theme of argument. It's awesome. And like, <laughs> and I have the to find some place to use it somewhere else because they haven't reused it. If we ever have to do a correction, that's like the ultimate correction music. Oh, I already did a correction with something else that you'll get to hear. Later. I made a mistake? No, I made a mistake. Oh, okay. Um, that's that's, uh, that's pretty when, much it for here. Uh, when we, not when we have a mistake or to correct on this podcast, but when we really get into it, when we have diametrically opposing views and we will not relent in either direction. Oh, that's exactly what it is. When we yeah. get an argument. That's great. Yeah. Um. That's all there is to say about this room. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to the other room where Madame Maroma just kind of hangs out. It's like her... They call this it half her is sitting also, room. Yeah. But, but also really like, like a salon almost. And then the room... We can just real quick hit. Yeah. The room behind her is where they live. Yes. They refer to this as the mayor's residence. And it's like almost incidentally also his office where all the mayor stuff happens. I guess, I mean, the Stockpot Inn, they also live there, so I guess a lot sure. of people live where they But they don't call work. it Anju's house, where she runs an inn. Yeah. Um, yeah, they their apartment is back there, and it's kind of like, it's not shabby, but it's fairly modest compared yeah. to the rest of the building, which is These aren't wealthy a nice people touch. Yeah. in that way, yeah. Um, Madame Aroma is a cool character, I think. Um, although all she really does is like sit around and talk to people, the game does a really effective job of making her seem like a major player in the town. Yes, exactly. In ways that are not like directly shown to the player. No one says, Madame Aroma, that's a major player in this town. Uh, but the way she talks to other people, the way she, um, uh, she's talking to, like, I think of the first thing that she's doing in the day is talking to Toto about how the Indigo Go performance has been canceled. And then Gorman shows up and wants to whine to her about his circus performance. And she's like, oh, go away. And that, you know, her animation of waving him away and the way she addresses him is like, don't bug me about this. I think that immediately makes her like a really strong character <laughs> yeah um and like gorman leaves in defeat and goes to drown yeah. his sorrows at the milk bar he takes it way worse than toto does who toto just seems to be kind of bummed but yeah he's like okay bummed but resigned um that's pretty much it yeah uh do i have anything else in my notes i don't that was east clock town we certainly spent was... enough time talking about it a little bit of time on East Clock Town. We I knew it was going to be this way. We yeah. knew it was going to be this way. It's the best section. <laughs> it's got the most big things to talk about. Yeah. Um. Well, we're ostensibly following, like, or the plan is to follow the story of the game and go to each of the locations in the order you go to them. So I guess next we're going to talk about the field right outside Clock Town. We're not going to go very far away. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Okay.